We're going to be uh, looking in Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, and uh, hopefully we'll get to chapter 3, but Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. And um, the title of this series is God-Given Authority. God-Given Authority. Now, if you're listening online, I apologize, but I really want to say this. If you look at the graphic, maybe you can look at the graphic if you're listening online. Um, and if you noticed, uh, when it was established, it was AD 33. God-given authority established AD 33. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> so, clever. so clever. That's when uh, Jesus gave his, us his authority. Um, right before he ascended, Matthew 28, and uh, hopefully we'll get to that uh, passage of Scripture today. But you know, you can look all around at the world, what's happening uh, around the world, whether it's here in the United States or in another country or in Costa Rica or wherever, and you can see uh, that there is a whole lot of bad things going on in the world. And uh, people kind of... Uh, I shouldn't say people, uh, humans is maybe a better way to say it. The easy thing and the simple thing for us to do is we just uh, figure things out on our own. And so we figure out, well, there's, there's a whole lot of bad things happening in the world. And so if there is a God, then he must not care. Maybe there's not even a God. And so you start to rationalize. Human mind starts to rationalize and figure things out. And because uh, why would that be? Well, um, if there is a God, and of course we know that there is a God, uh, but why in the world would he allow all of this to happen? Why in the world would uh, death and destruction and, you know, I don't really want to even talk about all of the terrible things that go on because it's really, um, I'll let the cat out of the bag, magnifying the work of the devil, not the work of the Lord. And, um, but the natural mind wants to say, well, if there is a God that created all of this and he is all powerful and he is all knowing and he is present everywhere, then again, how is this happening and why is this happening and why should it be this way? Well, uh, if you've been taught from the word of God um, about your authority and about who you are in Christ and what you have in Christ, you may, you may be like, yeah, yeah, okay, I understand like sickness and disease does not come from God. I understand that death and destruction does not come from God. But then in your own life and in my own life, when you have something happening, uh, you can find out how renewed your mind is from the Word of God really based on your reaction. Because you may find, um, you know, it's the simplest thing, even uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin, who we traveled with for a while, he... I remember him saying one time, he said, you know, I don't know why I did it. He's like, but I had a, like, this sickness come on me. Something was kind of bothering me. And he said, I wouldn't notice it until it was nighttime. And he's like, I don't know, I just put up with it for a few days. And then all of a sudden, he said, I realized, whoa, what am I doing? You know? And he said, you got to get off me in the name of Jesus. And, you know, of course, was, was healed and set free from it. And um, I know my own self. I was looking at some... Uh, well, I wasn't looking, actually. I was meditating on the Word yesterday while I was jogging. And um, all of a sudden, the Lord began to speak to my heart about some financial things. And I realized, oh, my goodness. I've just been kind of like letting some stuff slide more than what I should let slide. Like, you know, you ever see like you're kind of like... Uh, 
maybe if your kids have your wallet and they want some money or something and you know you're like okay you can have five dollars or something like that but then they start taking like a 20 out and something else out and you're like like, oh cool cool you're like what What? wait what are you doing and that happens to all of us in life if we don't pay attention it's why it's so important to be filled with the spirit of god because he'll actually alert you to some things that you may not be aware of and um, I plead the blood of Jesus against deception and that aborts every attempt of the enemy to deceive us because when you are deceived, what's the problem? <coughs> You're deceived. Therefore, you think things are one way and they're actually another way. So when you're deceived, you don't really know you're deceived. And so it's so important that we um, apply what Jesus did for us in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that's what I mean when I say plead the blood. In other words, I come by the blood of Jesus. So that the blood of Jesus actually stops that. So when I rely upon the blood, then I'm not relying upon myself to figure it out or to know it. And I mean, I couldn't possibly know everything. Um, uh, you know, they say you use what 10% of your 90 90% capacity brain, but even if you used 100%, you couldn't possibly know everything. And um, I like that the the word actually teaches us that no matter how much we know, we still know in part. But we're thankful for the part that we do know. So Ephesians chapter 1 and uh, chapter 3 really are just two uh, amazing prayers that Paul prayed for the church uh, at Ephesus, for the Ephesians. And he prayed these prayers inspired by the Spirit of God. So as we discussed last week, you can pray these prayers, we can pray these prayers. And one of the best ways to pray these prayers is uh, to put your name in there where he says, you, you say me. Or if you're praying for someone else or you're praying for another believer, um, you put their name in there. You know, if I was praying for Dave, I would pray that Dave has a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, what do these prayers have to do with having God-given authority? Um, You know, uh, does anybody know what happened last uh, November? Was it the 8th? And then the inauguration was on like the 20th or something like that, January 20th. We got a new president. And um, uh, this is not a political message. (laughs) But I will say this, when we uh, change holders of the office of the president in this country, there's a whole lot that changes hands when someone else gets sworn in. And it's interesting that uh, uh, even... You know, the second that that person is sworn in, then all of the authority of that office is theirs. You know, goes with the holder of the office. That's why they say, you know, the presidency is bigger than any one man or any one woman because uh, that person's only going to hold it for eight years maximum, or in case of war, 10 technically. But anyhow. Um, But that's the longest somebody can hold office in the United States, the office of the president. And then it transfers to someone else. So what happens? Well, you know, like when you're the president, you actually have uh, access to a whole lot of authority in a whole lot of areas. Um, I think the biggest thing that sticks out in my mind is you have access to the nuclear codes. So the nuclear codes of the nation. So we just, uh, President Trump was just sworn in in January. And... um, Before he was sworn in, they gave him some instruction concerning these nuclear codes. Why? 
Well, because the second that he is sworn in as president, if someone launches a nuclear attack on this nation, he has to respond and he has the authority to respond. And you really don't want somebody responding that doesn't understand what's going on when it comes to something that could destroy the whole earth, right? And so uh, the reason I'm, I'm using that example is I think it's a fabulous example that we can see of someone that has authority. Now, I don't want to go too far down the destructive route, but let's just keep on the nuclear example for just a second. Um, maybe let's just use a cruise missile instead that's not carrying a nuke because I just don't like all that destruction. <laughs> but um, it's wonderful to have the deterrent. So anyhow, if you have a cruise missile and it's going to go and say uh, they're gonna, they can launch those from in the submarines, they can launch them from ships, they can launch them you know, uh, from airplanes, they can launch them from a lot of places. But let's just say overseas, the president is going, found out that there is this maybe ISIS stronghold or something, and they're going to uh, launch a cruise missile because some of the leaders are there and they're going to destroy it. They're going to destroy the building, they're going to destroy the equipment, they're going to destroy the people. Well... Um, I don't care how big President Trump is. He's seen, I've never met him in person, but he seems pretty tall and pretty big, and I would probably look pretty small next to him. But there's no way that he could personally cause all of that destruction with his own hands that he could do yet with his authority by saying, launch that missile. So he doesn't have the power to do that himself, the physical power, the physical strength, but he has the authority to do it. Okay, and so the reason I'm doing this, uh, Brother Hagen in the in the book here that you guys have the uh, believers authority, he uses the example of a policeman, which is also a good example. And so you may see like uh, particularly uh, when there's big events and stuff where you have policemen directing traffic instead of traffic lights. Well, the policeman may hold up his hand and say, you know, stop. And so what happens? Everybody stops. But the policeman is no match for a two or 3,000 pound car, even a little car. Like that could plow him right over. So he doesn't have the physical power to do that, but he has what? He has the authority to do that. And so I think it's an important uh, understanding for us to have when we talk about having authority over the devil and the works of the devil, that you are no match for the devil and I am no match for the devil. Jesus actually defeated the devil and he gave us what? His authority. So like Donald Trump was sworn in, and the second he was sworn in, he said, so help me God, all that authority was transferred to him. That second, all that authority was his. And so now all those things that they had been planning for, you know, the two months while they're doing transition and stuff like that, that's why he could go and he signed all these executive orders and stuff, and they, they planned to do all this stuff. But they couldn't do it because they didn't have authority. So it didn't mean anything. All it meant maybe was uh, uh, he's probably going to do this when he gets in. But what was, what was, well, I don't know. What was one of the things the news media was looking for? What's he actually going to do once he gets the authority? Um, and so when we have authority, uh, there's a whole lot we can do. But if we don't understand what power is behind that authority, we may actually have a whole lot of authority and do nothing. That would be why they explained the nuclear procedure and the nuclear codes and how all of that works to him before he took office, because that's a very powerful thing to have access to, and you don't want someone that doesn't know what they're doing to have access to that. So you have to explain it and, and, and different things, and of course, that's not the only area. There's so many uh, different, uh, different areas where they 
um, briefed them and, and brought them up to speed. So authority is delegated power. So someone else has this power and it's delegated. So uh, continuing with the illustration of the presidency, um, the office of the presidency has that power and that authority, you know, uh, for many things and to make many decisions. And uh, that's why it's so vital that we pray for our leaders. But that power was not Donald Trump's the second before he was inaugurated. It was not until he was inaugurated. Because you realize if something terrible happened and he was, you know, had passed away before he was inaugurated, he never would have had that power. But afterwards, he got the power. And so it's not about him. It wasn't about, uh, you know, Barack Obama or George Bush or Bill Clinton or George Bush or Ronald Reagan or, um, you know, however far back you want to go. That's kind of when I grew up. <laughs> I had Jimmy Carter before that, but I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> But it's not about the person, it's about the office. That's where the power is contained. And so it's the same thing uh, in our Christian walk. It's the delegated power from the office. And that power comes from Jesus Christ. So um, authority is delegated power. And the value of authority, authority is based on the power behind the user. So the value of the authority that our president has is based on the power of the office of the president. Does that make sense? So when we're talking about the authority of the believer or the authority that a born-again child of God has, we're talking about the authority that Jesus gave to us. So let's look over at Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. After Jesus was crucified and rose again from the dead, and then before he ascended up to heaven... Um, this is where we uh, pick up that passage of Scripture in um, Matthew 28, verse 18. Matthew 28:18. This is after he appeared to the disciples and right before he ascended. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. That's way more than nuclear. All power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. And he immediately says, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I'm so glad that Jesus said that, <laughs> that he's with us always. Because, uh, uh, you know, he said, I'll not leave you comfortless. And John, I'll send the Holy Spirit to uh, comfort you, to help you, to guide you, to teach you, to show you, to make even the things of mine real to you. And, um, but he said, all authority has been given unto me. And he immediately says, therefore, go. In other words, I'm authorizing you to go because I have all of this authority. So think about it. Um, uh, say that you have some um, expertise or you come somehow into the Trump administration and you're in the administration prior to inauguration, what happens after he's inaugurated? I mean, again, I don't know him personally, but I can see he's a very hard worker. He says, uh, go, get it done. As soon as he has the authority, he actually transfers it down and says, you go and you get it done. 
Same thing. That's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus was given authority, and he said, go, therefore, and do this. Well, God's not an unjust God, so he's not going to tell us to do something that we can't do. And so when he says, I've given you authority, um, you know you have authority if you know Jesus. I mean, if you know him at all, you know that he has, uh, he has authority, and you know that he is to be trusted. So with that said, I want to look, uh, I want to read real quickly um, in Ephesians chapter 1, and uh, for the sake of time, we'll probably just get through uh, chapter 2, verse 7. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, we'll pick up with verse 16, where Paul is praying this prayer uh, that the Spirit of God gave him to pray over uh, the Ephesians. He said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. This is the prayer that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. My margin says for the acknowledgement of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Or again, margin says, according to the might of his power. It's really hard to not stop on these. Which he wrought or worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Uh, I'll control myself, but I'll pause for just a second. In that, remember Jesus said in Matthew 28, I have all power and authority has been given unto me. Go, therefore. And he says uh, that Jesus is seated far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named. And not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Uh, That's powerful. And he has put how many things? All things under his feet. And... um, you know, I don't know if you know this. I was a Christian for a long time. and did not know this. But if you look in your Bible and the word is in italics, that is an actually not in the original translation. The, the translators gave that word in italics just to help in understanding and those type of things. So if you see verse 22, it says, and has put all under his feet. You know, the translator produced it all things uh, to, to try and help us. But sometimes... Uh, reading it without those, you're, you're just like, whoa. So uh, he said he has put all under his feet and gave um, him to be the head over all to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Verse uh, 1 in chapter 2. And you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead and trespasses and sins. See, uh, you know, the Bible, in order for us to be able to find stuff, is divided up into chapters and verses. So I can say, like, turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. But this was one letter that was written all together. Uh, and so you really don't want to stop with verse 23. Uh, and you has he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's talking of the devil. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Uh, 
among whom also we had our conversation or its manner of life in times past in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath even as others. So he's going and uh, Paul's telling us by the Holy Spirit what our condition was and what our condition is. But God, verse 4, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. In other words, because he loved us and he has such a great love. Even when we were dead in sins. In other words, like, that's like uh, Romans says, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for the ungodly. The godly died for the ungodly. So that we see that, uh, the way I like to say it, my, the Tim Ostrom paraphrase would be like, while I was sinning the most, he showed the most love. So while I was a sinner, uh, Christ died for me. Even while we were dead in sins, and you know, when you are bound by sins and you're overtaken by sins and you're living a life like that, there is no life in it. It's a life of death. Another, what does that mean? Well, you, you do some things that maybe your flesh wants to do, or you know, this feels good, or you know, uh, any kind of thing you can think of. Uh, and maybe at the moment, your flesh is like, oh, this is great. But man, later you're like, oh, this is horrible. Is this the point of life? What, what's, what's the point of everything? Why is it like this? Well, that's because there's a heart cry because God doesn't want any of us to be separated from him. He doesn't want any of us to really be under the dominion of our flesh and certainly not the dominion of the devil. In other words, all this stuff, the destruction that you see, the things that happen, that's not the will of God. We read uh, 3 John chapter 2, or I quoted it this morning, says that, Beloved, I d uh, desire that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. God does not want us to be barely making it. He doesn't want us to be just surviving. He doesn't want us to be bound by anything, except for really bound by his word, um, and really bound to his word. So even when we were dead in sins, he has made us alive or quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Remember we read um, in verse 21 that he's placed him far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And then he seated us up there with him far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has made him the head over all things to the church. And when you're born again, you're part of the church, you know, the, the body of Christ. That he might show, verse 7, uh, in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. In other words, for the ages to come, what God wants to do is through his grace, he wants to show us this and that and this and that, his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his help, his gift. Uh, for ages to come, not just in our age that we live in now, but for ages to come. And um, one, one person said he's putting on a show. You know, I'm going to see the show. And it's the show that he's putting on. The reason I wanted to read those passages of Scripture is because when you have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and you understand the inheritance that you have in him, then you won't put up with a lot of stuff that you're putting up with or maybe that you had put up with. You'll say, no, it shouldn't be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. And um, 
you know, kind of a, I don't know, to me it's a funny example. When I was a kid, I was like terrified of dogs. I was so afraid of dogs. And um, I think it's because my cousin was attacked by a dog. There's no little kids, yeah. My, my cousin was attacked, and uh, you, he came in, and I could see, like, all the results and everything like that, and it had a real impact on me uh, because, um, you know, he had been quite injured. And um, so I was uh, uh, listening to this series, of, one of the first times I heard this series, and um, Brother Hagen talked about even having dominion over animals and dogs, and I'm like, Really? Like, are you serious? Like, I could accept the rest of it easier than I could accept that. <laughs> and so, of course, I've been studying uh, for this series uh, again for the last um, little while, actually. And um, so yesterday I was out jogging. And uh, if you jog very much, uh, you know that you encounter um, dogs quite often. <laughs> and sometimes the dogs don't always stay in the, in the yard. So <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so funny to me. Uh, Pastor Mark Hankins, he's like, he's like, you know, some people talk about how bold they are all this type of stuff, but they'll run from a chihuahua. So I was running, and a chihuahua came up. <laughs> and this little chihuahua is like, bah, 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 bah. and I'm like, oh, you're annoying, <laughs> you know? And um, uh, I said, stop it, get back, get back. Bah, 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 bah. And I said, stay right there, you know? So I'm going, and he stayed right there. But it was a chihuahua, so it didn't really challenge my faith that much because I thought, you know, I could launch that thing. <laughs> like, he would go. I just want to see, make sure no little kids see it, you know. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to bite me. I'm going to uh, launch you. Uh, but that's a chihuahua, right? So I keep running. And um, um, my wife and I have this thing where I, I have an app, and I say, like, come pick me up. I said this last week, I think, right? Well, so it happened not as bad, but it happened again this week. <laughs> so I ran quite a distance. And um, so I'm running, and I'm getting almost to where I'm thinking she should come pick me up. And I had gone a different way, so I ended up back. I know we run on dirt roads, so I ended up on a paved road, and then I came back and uh, going down a private road. And as I turned to go down that private road, I don't know if this was like, I'm not a big, I don't know all the breeds and stuff, but I'm pretty sure it was a bulldog. And it was like, up to here, and I could see him in his yard, and you know, sometimes they have the electric fence, the invisible fence, and I thought, oh, maybe he has an invisible fence, and nope, there was no invisible fence, and so this dog is a white dog, he comes out, and he's like, rah, 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 rah. and I said, um, I said, oh, hold on, hold on, and so I'm going, and so I keep, like to keep my eye on him, because I know they like to bite you when you, when, you know, you can't see him, and so I keep my eye on him, but I don't like to be distracted when I'm running, I don't want to mess up my times, <laughs> So I'm going, I'm kind of not paying attention. All of a sudden, he's coming up behind me. And so I just, you know, because I didn't want to take the time, I just said this. And so then I turn around and I said, stop it. Or I said, stop right there. And he just like froze and stayed there the whole time. And I just ran off. And so <laughs> it reminded me of um, um, the story uh, Smith Wigglesworth tells about he was at the bus stop and he saw this lady and her little I always pictured it as a chihuahua-sized dog. Her little chihuahua-sized dog is waiting at the bus, and, you know, she's, the bus comes, and she's like, okay, honey, go on home, go on home. And uh, the dog's still following her, trying to follow her into the bus, and she's like, you know, oh, dear, go home, go home. And the dog's still following her, and she said, get! And that dog just, and just ran right off. And Smith Wigglesworth saw that, and I don't have a better uh, example than that. He said, that's exactly how you have to do the devil. 
And that is so true. That's how you have to do the devil. Why is that? Well, the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. Jesus is a perfect gentleman. God the Father is a perfect gentleman. They are not going to force you to get born again. They're not going to force you to receive Jesus. They're not going to force you, after you have received Jesus, to do something, even though he knows this is the best for you. This is the best way to live, that you'll have more fulfillment, more strength, more life, more ability if you're doing it my way. But he's not going to force you. But the devil will force you, and the devil will corner you. And one of the best examples of the devil is he will actually, you're walking along in life, and he will trip you. And cause you to fall and blame it on you. Right? So the devil is like uh, very deceptive and he's trying to trick you into different things. And so um, you may have just a very nice little trained dog that you say, you know, stop right there and it stops right there. And actually, I should say I ran, I ran for quite a while. <laughs> I ran past a dog like that. I could see it. And he was just, he was bigger than the bulldog. But he was just laying there. He didn't even pay attention to me. I just went right on by. So he's, he's more well-trained. But the bulldog was like a bully. He was like the devil. And a bully, uh, you know, they're going to, you know, the Bible says that the, the, the Satan masquerades or is dressed up like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in your faith or in the faith. Um, but the devil, he'll pretend like he's all this, just like a bully. Well, why do you think bullies act like the way they act? Because they get in contact with that same type of spirit, the same attitude, the same spirit. And so um, with a bully, what do they say like when you're in school? How do you stand up to a bully? Like you actually stand up to them, and most of the times they'll back down. And so in our case, uh, as opposed to involved with a bully, we have already had Jesus Christ set us free and deliver us and whoop the devil. We'll look as, as we go on in Colossians chapter 2. It says that he actually um, paraded him openly. Some translations say nakedly in front for everybody to see his utter and total defeat. Because Jesus triumphed over him. So when we come to talk about uh, the authority of the believer and our authority that God has given us, we first of all have to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Because I could tell you, you have all authority. God has given you all authority. Um, so don't let bad things happen to you. And that may mean something to you, or that may be like, huh? What did, the, what did that preacher say? What did he say? But when you understand and you have a knowledge of your inheritance in Christ, of what you get when you're a Christian, when you are born again, then you actually have the ability to stand and say, no, I don't have to be bitten by that dog. Because right? actually before I would have like uh, just ran faster, which what happens when you run faster from a dog? They run faster and they can run faster than you, <laughs> especially when you're at the end waiting for your wife and you're more tired. <laughs> but um, we have to know what we have been given and we have to know it not here, not in our head, but in our heart. And so you may see, like, uh, where have people fallen? Well, where people fall is you have a head knowledge and not a heart knowledge. And so we'll pick up there next week. Stand with me, if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for the authority that you have given to us, that we don't have to be under the dominion and under the control of uh, the plans of the devil 
Father, that we don't even have to be under the control and the, the dominion of um, our own bad habits or things that our flesh wants to do, Father, but that we can come under your dominion and your control, that your uh, yoke is easy and your burden is light. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, or you're listening online and that's you, uh, there is freedom in Christ. There is uh, deliverance in Christ. You can actually live a life where you know where you're going when you die. You know that if you were to pass away uh, at this moment, where you would spend eternity. Uh, you can know. Um, the Bible says, as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right to be the children of God. And if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised, raised him from the dead, we would be saved. So the word of God gives us solid ground to stand on, uh, to receive Jesus and to know um, the future, to know uh, what's happening to us. Uh, but not only in the future, when you're born again, it actually affects your life and should affect your life today. I've known people actually that got uh, healed as soon as they were born again because they just put faith in God. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you this morning, you can know uh, today uh, that you're born again, that you're on your way to heaven. Uh, if you're here or you're listening online, uh, just slip up your hand. I'd love to pray with you and for you. Uh, if you're listening online, email us at info at anchordc.org. Info at anchordc.org. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, that you have sown it into our hearts. Father, we do ask right now that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that we might know uh, the hope of our calling and what our inheritance is as your child and as your children. Father, that we would see and we would know what great things that the blood of Jesus has bought for us and purchased for us. Father, that we would see and know the position that you have placed us in. And Father, that we would not live uh, one ounce below the blessing that you have planned for us. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every person that's here and those that are listening as we go our ways. Father, may your very richest and your very best be ours. In Jesus' name, amen.